If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. It's the start of a new year, a time where you imagine the best version of yourself. Do you make resolutions? More exercise, less junk food, more sleep, less social media. Research has shown that less than 10% of us are successful in meeting those kinds of goals. That failure rate can make resolutions feel kind of like self-sabotage. Today on Fifth Emission, Dr. Alyssa Eppel is here to remind us of a larger goal, one that makes a healthier lifestyle attainable, managing our stress. Dr. Eppel is a stress scientist. She's also a professor and vice chair of UCSF's Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences. She's done a lot of pioneering research that looks at how stress impacts our physical health. She's shared that knowledge in her new book, The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. I last spoke to Dr. Eppel at the end of 2021. Back then, the massive Dixie fire was burning in Northern California, and the Delta variant surge was upending our pandemic expectations. She gave us a lot of advice about how to cope with the uncertainty of that time. We thought this was a great time to bring Dr. Eppel back. We're in the third year of the pandemic, and though we've all learned some coping mechanisms, we could use some tips to make 2023 a little less stressful. Dr. Eppel, pleasure to have you back on Fifth Emission. Thank you so much, Cecilia. I'm happy to be here. Dr. Eppel, while many people are focusing on their physical health at the start of the new year, joining new gyms, making commitment to exercising more, why do you advocate that stress management should be a critical part of that New Year's mindset? I think our New Year's resolutions should include mental health, if not only include a commitment to improve our emotional well-being because that shapes everything that actually makes it easier for us to engage in those health behaviors that we do care about the most common new year's resolutions are exercise and weight loss people keep them for weeks or maybe a few months so maybe we need to think about a mental shift and a small resolution that we know we can keep why would we prioritize stress so much? Stress is a precursor to everything we're trying to avoid, to anxiety and depressive disorders, to early aging and physiological conditions or chronic diseases. Chronic stress is a known predictor of all of these. And so with the stress levels we are seeing now, the data showing how we are increasing dramatically in stress, it's essential for us to prioritize stress reduction. It's as important as a medical prescription. Now, the last time we chatted, that was more than a year ago, we discussed the function of anxiety. And at that time, the Delta variant was surging. And you said that anxiety helps keep us on edge and vigilant, which ultimately keeps us safe from dangers like COVID. 
So many people are tired of feeling anxious at this point in the pandemic. They've cast aside their COVID anxieties for the sake of mental health, they say. But is there a healthy way to keep anxiety in our life? It's such a great question because it is true that anxiety activates us and keeps us on guard so that we're still masking and doing other safety behaviors. But it's gone on so long. How can we stay vigilant? We don't want to be in a chronic anxiety state. So we're going to have to find this way to live well and with ease while staying safe. So we really need to be flexible. And based on the week and the month and the level of risk, we need to use our safety behaviors as a habit, not as something because we're fearful anymore. So I have just developed mask wearing as a habit. I can't walk into a store unmasked without feeling like I'm missing something. And so having these habits without having a lot of anxiety behind them is one really good adaptive strategy. And one thing that we've really learned about stress is the importance of really letting our body relax and not just relax, but restore and really let go. And we're missing some of that deep restoration. Most of us could do better on getting exercise or some other type of positive stress to the body. How do you make the distinction between having a healthy amount of anxiety in your life and an unhealthy amount? I think it's important to realize that we've all adapted to a high level of stress and anxiety. So we might not even be aware that we're carrying around anxiety. Asking yourself, am I too stressed today, this week, this month, is a good question. And people really know it if they are. We can actually notice stress in our body. That's kind of a big source of information is asking, where am I tense? Where am I really holding on to baggage that I don't need to be carrying right now? And we're all carrying a lot of baggage. So it's just so important to do mindful check-ins or slow breathing at some point during the day. Now, your new book is called The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. Let's start by understanding this. What's the difference between anxiety and stress, and should we be addressing them differently? That is a fundamental question that we could talk a lot about, but to be very concise, stress is when we feel stressed about a specific situation or a specific thought. Anxiety is an elevated state that is free-floating. It doesn't have to have a target or an object. So we can carry anxiety around all the time. And, and tell me more about your prescription for people wanting to manage their stress. Your book title says, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. Is it that simple? Seven days. It's a good idea to take as much time as you need on each practice, but I do focus on seven fundamental practices that are so well established with research and that are easy and accessible. And the reason that we can reduce our stress within a day, within seven days, is because there are things that we can do immediately that help us either have a positive mind shift so that we're viewing things as less stressful. That could take as much as five minutes. 
or we can change the scene. Our body is constantly detecting stress in the environment. Safety cues are things our body's conditioned to that tell us you are safe. There is no big stressful thing that is going to happen right now. Nature is probably one of our biggest safety cues. When we're in nature, we know that we have a mind shift away from self-focused negative thoughts to actually focusing outward and having a sensory experience, looking at nature, listening, feeling. And those are shifts that are very powerful. So one of the strategies in the book is sensory immersion in nature. There's a lot of research showing that being in nature several times a week can reduce physiological stress like blood pressure, as well as reduce anxiety. You also know in your book that the ways that we wake up and go to bed are important moments in managing our stress. Can you share a little bit about why that is? These are sensitive periods for our body. When we wake up, our body is immediately wondering how much glucose do I need to mobilize immediately? So if we're thinking about our to-do list and dreading something that day, we're going to have a lot of cortisol and a lot of glucose mobilized. And it also sets up our mind for expecting threat throughout the day. Waking up with a really positive mindset and reassuring our body that we don't need to respond to some threat to our survival right away is an important way to set a positive trajectory for the day. So that might mean taking some slow breaths, thinking about something you're looking forward to, or doing some stretches before jumping into action and looking at your phone. Yeah, I have the terrible habit of reaching for my phone the first thing. It's just a reflex that I do that I realize probably isn't a great thing. And it's what many of us do, right? Well, I will admit that I have the same habit. And so when I do reach for the phone and I compulsively have to see what emails I got overnight, I then remind myself, I can put the phone down. I haven't blown it. I can still have a few minutes to set my intentions for a day full of purpose and meaning of well-being and of balance. After a quick break, Dr. Alyssa Apple shares tips on how to make our New Year's resolutions more achievable. We'll be right back. You can support Fit the Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, Dr. Apple, we started this conversation talking about how people set new intentions and resolutions for the new year, but it's also very easy to feel bad about yourself if you don't meet your own personal expectations. What's a practical way to make sure that stress management itself doesn't feel daunting or chore-like? It's very easy 
for us to criticize ourselves, feel like a failure, and to really feel like we can't change. One of the keys to setting a successful habit is making it very small. So I'd like to ask you, do you know your New Year's resolution yet, Cecilia? I was actually just looking at my resolutions from last year, and I said to myself, well, I could just copy and paste this. I have the same one. So it's it's the common ones, right? Like protecting your mental health, mm-hmm. exercising, spending more meaningful time with family and friends. They repeat themselves year after year. Absolutely. And those are perfect examples to pick on. They're really good goals, but they're too general. You might just choose one of them. Decide this year, this is going to be the top priority. And then make a really specific sub goal. So if it's exercise, make it two days a week and make it for a shorter period than you ideally want. We want the goal to be something you know you can do. And you can always move the goal and increase it. But we are so punitive and self-critical that we don't do well when we don't immediately meet a goal. We give up. Another strategy is to find a partner, find a friend, even someone you can text who lives far away, where you can check in about your goal. So there's a sense of accountability as well as support. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. What are some sort of common mistakes that people make that you see when they're trying to manage their stress? They might have the intentions of it, but what might they be doing wrong? It's easy to get stressed about stress. (laughs) And (laughs) one of the practices in the stress prescription is to actually manage our stress mindset to make it positive and resilient. So our understanding of why the short-term stress response is actually great for us, why it helps us grow and thrive and is even good for cells can help us actually in the moment use that positive stress response to cope better and then recover more quickly. So there's a way we can harness stress for good. Now, the other aspect of managing stress is really not muscling our way through it and trying to have a good stress response and try to cope better, but it's actually the letting go. We spend a lot of energy trying to manage things that we never really can change anyway. So one of the practices is to really just take a stress inventory, to step back and to look at all of the different stressful situations in our life and you know make a box around those that we can't control and there's some relief in that in realizing what is out of our control letting yourself live with situations well that you can't accept is so powerful i often use the metaphor of put down the baggage or if you're pulling on a rope that's tied to a brick wall what does it feel like to just drop the rope. I love the way that you're describing this. uh, And your book goes into a lot of strategies to build this kind of mental resilience that you're describing. And it reminds me of the conversation we had last year. You said that the pandemic required what you called a, quote, new world mindset, one that allows us to embrace and tolerate uncertainty, like you're describing here, What is sort of your assessment on how we've been doing on that front? By we, I mean us collectively as society. Have we been able to adopt that kind of mindset, you think? I do think that we have become much more expert 
at living in an uncertain world. A big key to this new world mindset that we've gotten better at is being able to hold the dialectic of the reality we faced. We can see the pain, the suffering, the injustice in the world. And we can at the same time see the beauty and joy that is right in front of us. Why do we get so stressed out? It's because we care. We care so much. We care about social justice. We care about the climate. We're carrying around a lot of pain from caring. One way to have a positive mindset for these painful social situations that we can't necessarily control is loving detachment. So for example, if we're stressed out because someone we care about is not taking care of themselves, they're not doing what we think they should, but we have no control over the well-being of people we love, what we can do is be present with loving presence, with caring, and with no attachment to their outcomes. When we can be present in this compassionate way without trying to change them, we can actually be more helpful. Since you asked me about my own New Year's resolutions, uh, I want to turn the question back on you, but more specifically, what makes you feel hopeful about 2023 and the year ahead? Hope is such a good focus. We are so immersed in the ideas of disaster, trauma, adversity, depression, mental health epidemic, and hope is both an intention for how we want to be acting now for a positive future and is not based on data on what we see actually happening. So for example, the probability of how quickly we're going to be reducing climate change is very, very bad. But rather than giving up and feeling hopeless and doom, we need to focus on our ability to act locally. That's what we can control and that can add up. So for me, I'm really excited about collaborating with people on projects we love. That gives me a lot of joyous energy. And what I know from talking with activists, people who really are working against the tide, the ability to focus on purpose, meaning, and connection is a matter of survival. That's how they do this work. Chronic stress affects our energy in the opposite way that joy does. Chronic stress actually taxes our mitochondria. It's very expensive energetically to mount the stress response and to keep it up. So it's no wonder that we're all feeling exhausted at this point. Well, hopefully this conversation will help us avoid that in the new year. Dr. Eppel, thanks so much for sharing your stress prescription with us. Thank you so much, Cecilia. It's a pleasure to talk with you as always. Dr. Alyssa Eppel is a professor and vice chair in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at UCSF. She's the author of the book, The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. You can follow her on Twitter. She's at Dr. underscore E-P-E-L. Thank you to Francesca Fenzi for editing this episode and to you for listening.